Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Education Podcast by me, Rob Matthews Coaching. Now, today, bit of a different one. I um, feel like I've said that a lot recently, but I've been recording these um, slightly batched episodes, so I'm feeling more relaxed, I'm feeling more comfortable. There's been a lot going on recently, so I thought today, let's do more of a sit-down episode and let's talk about something that I've never actually seen someone do before, and it's quite weird that you know, in the world of YouTube and the world of TikTok, I actually thought this would be something more popular. So I looked it up and I couldn't find anything at all. Um, obviously, there's the physical version of it that you see a lot. And it's one that I've even done multiple podcasts on in terms of 10 things that I wish I knew when I was younger. And obviously, you'll get PT saying it, you'll get gym lads, whatever, gym girls, whoever it is talking about it. But I've never seen a mental health edition, which is, you know, quite weird to me in terms of, Obviously, there's so much information there on, you know, suicide being the biggest killer of men all the way starting at age 14, which, you know, is kids and is children. And it's a really powerful and shocking stat to hear. And yeah, if you didn't know, I am the Movember ambassador for Sterling Uni this year. And for that reason, I felt like obviously we're in the month of November now when these podcasts will be coming out. I thought the next few podcasts that we're going to do are going to have this mental health theme and it's going to be sharing more of my story and sharing more awareness on some of these key stats and statistics. So these are going to be more conversational based, they're going to be more enjoyable and they're not going to be as straight to the point as say some of the other podcasts where I'm going to aim to keep them short and short. short and sharp this one's going to be more enjoyable so whether you want to listen to it on a walk somewhere where you feel like you can be comfortable really take in what I'm trying to say and you can maybe understand more of my processes and how I like to deal with things in the moment so with that let's just get straight into it um actually I will say one thing obviously um if you follow us on the Instagram for the Movember page you will see that we were on radio last night um, at the time of recording this, which is the 9th of November. And a lot of this conversation has stemmed from that. So a question we got asked were about our own coping mechanisms. And the answer that just came to me naturally was about how there isn't a one-size-fits-all. And obviously I said I had a bias, obviously being a personal trainer, being an online coach, that a lot of mine are exercise-based. But I said that actually if you can find little moments of joy in your day, that is obviously your best coping mechanism for you, whether it be the smell of a coffee, a morning walk, you know, little things like this where you can have these like sort of instant serotonin dopamine boosts where, you know, they can't be obsessive in nature and you can really enjoy and just be in the moment. So I thought after that, let's sit down, let's write it out, wrote it out in my notebook and yeah, I've got 10 that have sort of came to mind straight away that I've took inspiration of things that I've heard recently and things that I've read. So let me know which ones resonate with you. And yeah, let's get straight into it because I'm aware we've already been going for a wee while. So number one is probably the most simple, but it's one that I thought definitely needed to be said. And it's that understanding, awareness and education is key. And the reason for this is because obviously I did a post about Um, how I've dealt with performance anxiety in the past um, on my Instagram the other day talking about how I used to feel sick how I used to be actually physically sick before rugby games when I was younger and I would have these moments in the game especially when kicking for goal where obviously we have a mark of respect of being silent when that is happening in rugby and that would feel overwhelming and the silence would cause me to instantly panic and yet I wouldn't show or I didn't even know to tell someone. 
And the reason that I say that understanding awareness and education is key as a sort of triangle there of perfect fit is that awareness, I didn't know what anxiety or performance anxiety was. I didn't know what depression was at age 14. I didn't know any of this stuff at all and I was obviously going through it. Understanding, like I say, I did get to the stage where I was able to tell coaches but um, although they were able to help and listen, they didn't really either understand themselves because they'd also not had the education coming from the generation that they'd come from. So obviously if we all had a greater understanding, if we all had a greater awareness and we all had a better education, you know, a lot of the things that we do experience in terms of, you know, mental health would be a lot easier to sort and we'd all be a lot more comfortable in processing and talking about. So that just felt right as a sort of generic, um, obviously while still being personal, number one answer in terms of what I wish I knew when I was younger. Number two is quite an interesting one and I think it's definitely one as someone who's very physically active that I've never really thought about before but I actually heard it on a podcast this morning that made me think it is really true and it's quite powerful in how our bodies naturally do this and that's movement can mask pain. So we've all heard obviously being willing to sit and accept our feelings and that's sort of what this is aiming at and what I sort of seen it as but the fact that movement can mask our pain so if you think if you touch something hot you instantly pull your finger away you know whether if you touch the stove to see if it's hot something like that um, or whether it be you hit your elbow on the edge of the table you hit your funny bone and you pull it away and start laughing you know it's almost that movement can mask our pain and we need to learn and it's definitely something that I was really poor at when I was younger is being willing to accept and being willing to sit and acknowledge and process what is going on in my brain and I think you know if you are someone who just tends to think like next job get keep going keep going you'll get it doesn't matter and um, just keep moving forward and it's like almost these cliche sayings that are actually causing you more pain because you're not being able to process and work through how you are feeling and how you know certain activities may make you feel and it's not to say that don't uh, that you have to physically sit but it can be even in that sense of, you know, for me, it is long runs, which I will have that time where it's just me. There's no distractions. I have the open space, um, whether that be in the countryside or whether it even be in the city where I can sort of go through that whole process, talk through how I'm feeling to myself. And that's my time to almost sit and accept um, whether that's literally or metaphorically. It's just the process that you want to do. So instead of running away from your problems, it's being able to face them head on, almost run into them and accept what's going on, how am I feeling, and truly asking yourself these basic questions that can have the most profound impact. And it sort of moves on to point number three, is that people may not understand what you're going through. People may not know, they might not have experienced it before, and they might not even be educated. However, they will listen. People may not understand, but they will listen doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter how horrible they are of a person, it doesn't matter how amazing they are. Education is something that we all have varying levels of, but we all have ears, we all can listen, even if it's, you know, off the top of my head there, I'm thinking of ways people will reply and it's like, oh, well, even if someone's deaf, we have the communication skills of sign language. You know, there's always a way that we can talk. There's never a reason that we shouldn't speak to anyone. And I'll cover it on later on, but there's a really powerful point for number nine um, that I think will truly summarize this all. Um, but it is just to let you know that just because people don't understand doesn't mean they won't listen. 
people will always hear you out and your good mates, your close mates, your close friends and family, even strangers will listen if you open up. Find the right time and trust me, the right time can just be whenever you want it to be. There's never going to be a perfect moment. There's not going to be, you know, the ideal scenario. Sometimes you just have to open up. You've got to be brave and you've got to take that first step. It is terrifying. It is something that, you know, even even I was too scared to do for a very long period of time. Don't feel like you have to do it straight away. Do it when you are ready. But when you are ready, when you do do it, it will be such a relief and it will be the best thing that you can possibly do. You don't know where it will lead you, but it will have such a domino effect. And I believe that I am part of that in the role that I do now, even as a Movember ambassador, if I haven't if I hadn't spoken about my mental health, I would never feel as passionate about mental health and spreading the key messages that Movember do. Moving on to number four. That felt very deep there. So hopefully you're enjoying this. Um, yeah, and hopefully you might be learning a few things or even just understanding me a wee bit better. Number four, perspective. Obviously, it's something I've got tattooed on me um, with multiple different regions in terms of the message it sends to me personally, the things that it reminds me of, and also what it can say to you and I've sort of wrote about this one which I think is quite controversial and I've wrote that self-actualization can be a powerful tool and it's the concept of if you had a gun to your head would you take another step and the reason that I say it is that quite often is you know we like to put ourselves in the worst case scenario but yet um who was it I think it was Ryan Holiday, who's a very well-known author um, looking into the Stoics and things like this and sort of philosophies and processes of thought, he spoke about how if you had to put all your pi- all your problems in a pile, you would pull yours out straight away in comparison with other people's. You wouldn't reach for someone else's problem. You'd actually go, mine aren't as bad as what I'm hearing. I'll take them on. I'd rather have that than what other people are going through. And it's sort of a powerful tool that I think that you can use is that, you know, if someone was to offer you a million dollars, would you carry on doing what you're doing? Like, would you go another day? Whether that be a physical challenge, you know, that might be, let's say you are raising funds for November and you're moving the 60 kilometers in the month to represent a man that we lose every um, 60 seconds. You know, there is a lot going on and it is really hard and it doesn't belittle your problems, but it also can sort of motivate you to say, well, if other people are going through worse and they're moving through it, maybe I can keep going too. And I don't think I've explained that one very well, but I don't I don't uh, want to be cancelled. But yeah, it's always sort of that thing. If you are struggling to get out of bed, if you are struggling um, to sort of psych yourself up, try and think of the bigger picture. Try and think of this perspective of it. Think about, you know, say for even me is on a daily basis, let's say if I can't be bothered to go to the gym, I think about a time when I'm injured or when I've been ill and that ability and choice has been taken away from me and I sort of get reminded of my gratitude and my gratefulness of being able to have the choice to go to the gym and then that makes me get out of bed and go. So yeah, a bit of perspective, self-actualization and realizing that it can be a motivator rather than a reason to stop. Number five, and what I'm definitely going to do, obviously these are going on a wee bit longer, so um, we'll break it into two podcasts because I don't want you just stuck listening to my voice for too long, is going to end on one that I got from Ned Brockman. So Ned Brockman is the guy that you might have seen on the news recently who's ran from Perth all the way down to Sydney in Australia. 
to raise money for the homeless and raising awareness of the homeless problem in Australia and worldwide. And he said, higher levels bring higher devils. Now that's quite, on the surface, doesn't really make too much sense. But listening to him explain it, I thought that's exactly how I used to feel and how often I do still feel when trying something new, when pushing out of my comfort zone, when, you know, whether it be this podcast when I started that, whether it be starting my own business, whether it be trying to balance being a online coach, being a Movember ambassador, being a fourth year uni student, being a rugby player at uni as well. Like there's so many factors that coming into it. And the higher that you try and expand yourself, the higher that you try and outreach your comfortableness and comfort zone will bring higher devils and what he means by higher devils is that you will bring people that doubt you you will bring haters you will bring people that have a strong opinion on you who say that you might be doing things for pr reasons who say you might be doing things for you know the wrong reasons who doubt whether you can even do what you're doing who don't rate what you're doing who just have negative things to say and just simply tend to be quite jealous of nature and just trying to belittle you to bring up themselves. And that's obviously something that you should never do. You should always bring up the people around you and, you know, the pie is big enough for everyone to have a slice is the common saying. And I do think it is really powerful. I think, you know, I always felt, especially when in a dark place when younger, is that when I was trying to do these things because I wasn't communicating, because I wasn't telling people my why, because I wasn't sharing my stories, um, you do have these higher devils, these people that, you know, doubt you, that criticize you and just sort of try and throw you into that imposter zone of not knowing what to do is the next step, doubting whether you can really do what you've said you're going to do. And you almost start to lose yourself in the process and not in a good way that you obviously need to trust the process, but in terms of you get stuck on what to do next and you overthink and you overwork and you're putting so much effort into the minute and not focusing on the bigger picture. So that's number five, higher levels bring higher devils. And yeah, we're gonna call it here because that's obviously just hit 15 minutes and I'm gonna do a part two for this one, but I'm just gonna work through the first five now with you. So number one of the 10 things I wish I knew when I was younger in this mental health edition is understanding, awareness and education is key and fundamental. Number two is movement can mask pain, be willing to sit and accept. Number three is people may not understand, but they will listen. Number four was perspective. Self-actualization can be a powerful tool. And that was talking about if you had a gun to your head, would you take another step? And number five was that, just as we talked about Ned Brockman sort of concept was higher levels bring higher devils. Number four, I do end this podcast. Hopefully you've got something from these five things. Make sure obviously you tune in next Monday to hear the last five. And if I do get a good reception within the week, maybe I'll make a part three and make it 15 things because I had a list of 20 that I sort of broke down and tried to make sure that they all flowed in. So I can always sort of add the other five in and let you know what was on my brain. But I did just want to say um, before we go, if you had li have listened to this, obviously I would love if you could share it, if you can you know, help me boost my, my business in any way, that is always grateful. But even if not, even if you're not feeling comfortable with doing something like that, I do want to give you a task for today, and that is to simply check in on a mate. You may be wondering how do I do that, and you know, it's not always as simple, and it really is. 
it really is can just be, hey mate, how are you getting on? And you might just think, yeah, my mate will reply, yeah, I'm all good, how are you? Or you might just say, yeah, I'm not bad, quite busy at the moment. Something simple, something that you can just text and you wouldn't normally even think about it. I want you to ask again. Always ask twice when some when you ask someone how they are. Try and dig a little bit deeper. Try and find more than the surface level. Do it to a friend, do it to a family member, do it to even a stranger that you walk past in the park on your morning walk, maybe while you're even listening to this. Take that minute, take them two seconds, phone them up, you know, FaceTime, whatever it is, see them in person, get a coffee, and just ask them that simple question. Checking in on your mates is something that we should all do, and you never know, maybe you'll hear one of the things that I've just mentioned, or maybe they've got their own version of things that they wish they knew when they were younger in terms of mental health, and you might just learn a trick or a tip that helps you. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week.